Throughout the Bible, there's a principle that people use to change things using only their words. I'll show you how you can use it to change yourself, your situations, and even your loved ones. This is the Shut Up Devil Show, and I am Kyle Winkler here to shut down the enemy's lies in your life. I do it live on Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at kylewinkler.org live. And if you can't catch me live, then catch me on the Shut Up Devil Show podcast on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And I know a lot of you already do. But speaking of the podcast, I want to thank Sherry. She watches on YouTube. She shared about a childhood of legalism and abuse. She wrote, thank you. I'm learning so much. I had a very hard childhood. You're showing me that Jesus truly loves me. Mm. Sherry, thank you for sharing that with me. As I always say, it's the joy of my life to do this. And helping me to do this are ministry partners. When you give or you buy a book or a resource, you're part of reaching people like Sherry with a healing message of God's love and God's grace. If you say, Kyle, I want to help you too. You may help by making a donation. We are entirely donor-supported. You can make a donation at kylewinkler.org donate. And on that page, you'll find out more about the gift that you receive for your donation of any amount. Okay. In the beginning, when God spoke everything into existence, he programmed all of creation to react to the spoken word. The book of Hebrews says that all of creation is upheld by his word. And through his word, what we call the Bible, we see how even intangible things like emotions and purpose and destiny and situations are affected by words. I'm telling you, if, if you'll get what I'm going to give you today, this principle may just be the beginning of a real change, not only in you, but also in loved ones and maybe some hard-to-love ones that you're praying for. I'm a case in point. The power of words is at the core of me overcoming a lot of the shame and the shyness and the mind games that plagued me for so long. Words have a whole lot to do with why I'm talking to you right now. They changed me. Look at Proverbs 18 verses 20 through 21. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring life or death. You've probably heard that before. Sadly, I'd say that most of us know the death that words can bring. One negative word, what the Bible calls a curse word, has the power to kill a dream, wound a soul, put somebody in depression, sometimes for the rest of their lives. I mean, don't you have some things that were said to you all the way back to childhood, back to potty training that you still remember? Maybe even fear? Now, decades later, I'd say we all at least remember something. To this day, I can still recall some of the demoralizing things my fifth grade teacher said to me. I can still remember some of the things the other kids said to me. And for too many years, those things were at the root of a lot of the insecurities that I held. Thankfully, though, I can still recall those words because of what I'm teaching you. 
Though I can remember them, they don't affect me anymore. They're a piece of my past, but they're no longer a cause of shame. Now, I live in the life that positive words have given me, both of my own and of other people. I really remember the start of when I experienced this. It was when I was 16 years old. I entered a new church as a very insecure sophomore in high school. I went with two friends to their youth group. Never been to a church like that before, brand new. And it was the first time I ever really felt any real love in a church building, and I know a lot of you can relate to that. So I kept going. And over time, the power of God's word spoken not just at me, but into me, began to bud new life that resulted in new confidence and a whole lot more. And more than preaching, people there began to affirm me in my faith and in my purpose. What they were doing and probably didn't even realize it is that they were blessing me. And because of God's design, my physical self was positively reacting to those positive words. I was having an emotional change, a psychological change, I would say, even a kind of a change in stature. My physical self, as I said, was reacting to it, but also my spirit was reacting to those words. So I grew a natural and spiritual confidence. Let me briefly show you how this works from the scientific and spiritual perspectives. Pull out my dry erase board. You're going to see here what I call the mind and mouth connection. At the top, there's the mouth. Represents words. At the bottom, Hope that looks like a brain, kind of looks like a smiley face in the middle of the brain there, but those are supposed to be the wrinkles in the brain. Well, the brain is filled with thoughts. Spiritually, it includes your beliefs. All of this is very connected. What you hear, either from your own mouth or somebody else's, influences your thoughts, which changes your beliefs. What you think and believe about yourself, both what you say, what you hear others say, changes you. It influences you. I go through all of the specifics of this in my Win With Words series, but here's the gist. If someone says you are stupid, well, that kind of thing gets planted in your mind as a thought. If you don't know how to counteract it, that single curse word will echo into you until you believe it and start to say it yourself. And then you'll hear yourself say it. And you'll start to build a lens in your brain where you start to hear everything and see everything going on around you according to what you believe about yourself. So even innocent things that people say, you'll start to run through that lens and it'll affect you negatively. That's how words bring about death, and the cycle just goes on and on and on. But that all can be counteracted and reversed. And that's the amazing thing about the power that God put into words. Words can build, they can restore, they bring life. You know, that's the introductory principle to the entire Bible. 
Genesis 1 says that when the earth was formless and empty and dark, God spoke, and his word brought life to everything. When someone speaks a positive word into you, you don't even have to believe it at first, but your brain will react to it and your spirit will too. When that happens enough, as I showed you on that chart there, you'll start to believe it yourself and maybe you'll start to speak it yourself. And the momentum of that just builds. And here's the hack for a positive life of joy, peace, confidence, and courage that so many people don't realize. It's great when other people speak life into you, of course. But I'll say, sadly, because so many people are hurting these days, you can't count on that. Too many of us are waiting for somebody else to bless us when, as I've been saying, your own words have the same power to bless yourself. Your body and spirit will react the same to your own words as they will what somebody else says. And actually, some scientists say that you'll react more to your own words than somebody else's words. So if you're feeling hopeless or purposeless or discouraged, even if you can't muster up something good to say about yourself, find a word that does. God's word is the best. My Shut Up Devil app is filled with these words categorized by the most common situations. However you find a word, I encourage you to read it out loud and keep reading it aloud until you recognize it doing something in you. If you've read my book, Activating the Power of God's Word, this is really the premise of it. In a minute, we're going to get very specific into how to do this, which is described all throughout the Bible. But let me also say this. I think we all have people in our lives that are in some pretty bad places, maybe literally, maybe emotionally, spiritually. Could be your children, could be your parents, could be your friends. I'm telling you, find opportunities to speak life into them. Tell them how loved they are. That's a good place to start. And they might shrug it off at first or for a while. They might even react negatively about it. It might seem like your words are falling on deaf ears, but don't you stop. Those words are doing something. They're being laid down in their souls like building blocks of life. We'll talk more about this later in this message, but for now, just, just know, not only can you prompt change in yourself with your words, but you can literally prompt change in someone else too. Okay, I mentioned that the Bible frequently demonstrates a very specific way to change things with your words. And here again, we see this right at the beginning, particularly in how God spoke to us, to humans. Look at Genesis 1.27. It says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. That right there is one of the most value-ascribing verses in the entire Bible, I think. We each were made in God's image. That's like at the foundation of why God loves every single one of us even those who don't love him back. But look what God did next. He didn't give us a list of don'ts or warnings or cautions. He spoke destiny. Genesis 1.28, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God blessed them. Blessed is the key word there is what we're going to spend the rest of this message exploring, because 
Blessings are how you change things with your words. I know a lot of us have heard the word blessing. It's become a casual word, not only in the church world, but in the world in general. People sneeze and the common response is, bless you. We say that something or someone is a blessing in our lives. We say that someone blessed us, or we say the blessing before eating a meal. But really, so much of that isn't at all what a blessing is, at least not as it's demonstrated in the Bible. And so by misunderstanding it, we're missing out on its power. A blessing isn't another way of saying thanks. It's not giving or receiving some material thing. It doesn't mean somebody was nice to you or that you're nice to someone. So much more than any of that. In both the Old and New Testament, a blessing is really a means of speaking, speaking identity and purpose upon something or someone. It's a confirmation of a promise as well, and a blessing is also a way of bringing God's presence into a situation. Jewish sources talk about it as a way of directing God's goodness toward things. There's even a blessing that God wrote himself, which I'll share and speak over you in the final thought of this message. There's so many practical ways this all works out, which is what we're going to get into. But I want to show you some examples of this in scripture, and through these, you'll see how you can construct a blessing for yourself. In Genesis, when it says that God blessed humans, what he did was speak purpose into them. That's what be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, was all about. It was God's pep talk, I guess, that told them who they are. Well, we all know how words of confidence from our parents, just an I'm proud of you, can do so much for us. That's because we're designed to be affirmed by those who created us. But greater than our parents is the affirmation of our Heavenly Father, our Creator God Himself. In the creation story, I kind of think of God's blessing as Him loading in the operating system of a computer. Their physical bodies were already created. The hardware was there, but they needed the hardware. And God gave them this through this blessing. It provided the interpretation that governed everything they heard and saw. It, it was the programming that caused them to interpret everything they heard and saw around them. It was the same for Jesus. It's what governed his ministry too. In Matthew 3, when he was baptized by John the Baptist, he came out of the water and God spoke a blessing on him. He said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. This single statement from God set Jesus up for the rest of his ministry. It conferred identity and purpose on him. And from there, he went out in the power of the Spirit and was able to face down the enemy's attacks and do everything he needed to do to save the world, which included a whole lot of suffering. So this kind of thing can get you through some hard times too. It's all from the foundation. Jesus did it all from the foundation. And you too can from the confidence of what our Father speaks over us. Those of you who have been in the church for a while have probably heard the story of Isaac and his twin sons, Jacob and Esau. The story talks about how Jacob, the second born, 
stole both his brother's birthright and his brother's blessing. Many people have heard this story, but they don't really know what it means. Well, in those days, the firstborn son was entitled to the family inheritance, land, possessions, and so on. It wasn't split among children like it often is today, at least in America. It all went to the firstborn. That's the birthright. And as the firstborn, Esau was entitled to it. Well, you can read the story there in Genesis 27. Jacob manipulated Esau into agreeing to give him all of his inheritance. But back then, they kind of had a safety mechanism in place for things like this. The confirmation of an exchange like this, which was really, I mean, a stealing of inheritance. So it it required kind of like a signature like we would have today. Only back then it was verbal. It was the father's blessing, a verbal signature. I can't get into the entire story in this message, but Jacob then, after he manipulated Esau into giving him the inheritance, Jacob then deceives his father into giving him that verbal confirmation, giving him that blessing. Like I said, the story, it starts in Genesis 25, it goes through Genesis 27, and really through 28. But look at this. Isaac's blessing to Jacob was given in the form of words. In Genesis 27, this is what Isaac said to Jacob after Jacob had deceived him into giving him the blessing. He says, from the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. And he goes on to say some more things, but he ends by saying, all who curse you will be cursed and all who bless you will be blessed. So not only was this spoken blessing a confirmation of what Jacob would receive, but it was a word of destiny that for whatever reason, whether naturally or supernaturally, probably a little of both, it did something in Jacob that ended up bringing that destiny to pass. Now, immediately after Jacob got his father's blessing, he ran. And this actually demonstrates some hope for those of us in tough situations or who have loved ones that are. You see, Jacob ran from his brother, from the wrath of his brother, because he deceived him. And he ran right into a meeting with God. Or despite Jacob's mistakes and all that happened in his past, God blessed him. In Genesis 32, verse 28, God says to him, Your name will no longer be Jacob. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and men and have won. With this blessing, Jacob, now Israel, didn't go on to be perfect. He was still in a pretty bad place. He actually went on to deceive his brother again. Now, did that negate the blessing? Should God have taken it back and cursed him instead? He didn't. See, this is a picture of grace right here in the Old Testament. When God confers identity upon someone, that's a gift that you don't earn. And that identity supersedes everything else. 
Come on, this is a word for somebody. Your life will be what God says it will be. It will be what God says it is. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Now, let me say this to the parents, or really to anyone who's dealing with somebody who's in a bad place. You speaking a blessing over them isn't an endorsement of their behavior, but it's an affirmation that basically says, I believe in you, and I believe in the power of God to work in you. Now, saying this, let me caution you on one thing so that you don't end up doing the wrong thing. A blessing is not a form of manipulation whereby you use your words to try to change someone into what you want. No, no. That's called witchcraft. I know we think witchcraft is hocus pocus kind of stuff, but scripturally, witchcraft is any means of using your words to coerce somebody to act in a certain way. This is not that at all. And it's not some sort of recipe to get God to do what you want either. A blessing is you declaring identity and destiny on someone like God did to Jesus. It's you saying, you are my child. You are loved. I am proud of you. It's you directing God's goodness toward them like Isaac did to Israel. May God's favor touch you wherever you go. May it touch whatever you touch. It's you thanking God for their life as they are and trusting him to do something good with who they are and with their future. This is also the way to help someone who's hard to love. Sometimes we call them enemies. And most often, all we speak to these kinds of people are curse words. By curse words, I'm not talking about the four-letter kind, though maybe some of you do. In my series, Win With Words, I have an entire message on curse words and what that really means. But essentially, curse words are negative words that bring about some kind of death, often emotionally. Well, Jesus said to love your enemies. And the way to do it, he said, is to do good to those who hate you and to bless those who curse you, pray for those who hurt you. Bless those who curse you doesn't mean you go out and buy them a meal or send them money. I mean, you can do that, but that's technically not what a blessing really is. It's saying, when they speak bad of you, speak good of them. You see, as we saw in the mind and mouth cycle there, it's good words that counteract bad words. There's a spiritual thing that happens when you do this. It definitely doesn't feel natural, but that's why it's supernatural. When someone speaks bad of you, speak good of them. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be phony about it. If they say you're such an idiot, it's not about you quickly responding, well, thank you, you're, you're great and awesome and great things are going to happen with your life. But it's you finding opportunities to compliment them and call out their positive attributes in the right times. And maybe if you can't do it to them, it's just in prayer. Bless them through praying for them. You're not going to do it perfectly, I promise you. So don't make perfection your standard. But when you think about it, maybe even as you say your prayers today, that person that hurt you, maybe thank God for their life and thank God that he loves them. 
I'm telling you, in time, that kind of thing changes people. Physically, emotionally, spiritually. Even the hardest of people. But a blessing doesn't only have to be toward people. It can also be toward situations. Jesus did this just before feeding the 5,000. When word started to get around about all that Jesus did, crowds started to swarm around him wherever he went. So he used these opportunities to teach them and to show them compassion. In Luke 9, a crowd formed around Jesus, which include many who had traveled long distances to see him, and they were hungry. And Jesus told his disciples to feed them, yet they didn't know how they could. It seemed impossible because they only had five loaves of bread and two fish. So what did Jesus do? In Luke 9.16, it says, Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward the heaven, and blessed them. Now, this is interesting. Because Jesus didn't ask his heavenly Father, please turn this into enough to feed these people. But he spoke something into the situation. And right into the food. Something that brought God's goodness, God's presence to do the impossible. And all the people were fed. Ultimately, this is where our idea of blessing a meal comes from. Yes, it's a way of thanking God for the food. But it's more than that. It's a way of declaring what the food will do for us. May it nourish us. May it strengthen us. May its calories be taken against us or taken from us and not counted against us. Amen to that, right? Some of you are facing some situations that look pretty impossible. Maybe as impossible as feeding 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. Well, since you know that God is good and wants to do good, speak his goodness into the situation. It could sound like, may God's favor be upon this. May what was meant for evil be turned to good. May this bank account abound with more than enough. May this job be a setup for a step up. May this test turn into a testimony. May this appointment reveal a good report. The thing about declaring God's goodness is that because of the mind and mouth connection I showed you earlier, when you speak his goodness, you hear his goodness, it programs your mind then to expect his goodness. That creates that lens in your mind to where then you kind of hear and see goodness in situations that might not even really be that good. And just everything starts to line up from there whether that's speaking over yourself, speaking over someone else, or speaking over your situation. If you follow me on social media, many of my morning posts are in the form of blessings, and these would be a great template for you as you begin to construct your own. So be sure to follow me on one of those platforms. Okay, there is a blessing in the Bible that I didn't yet cover, but I have to, because it's the most famous one in the Bible is the only blessing written by God himself. And I saved it for last because I want to tell you a bit more about it and I want to speak it over you. And it's perfect for the new year. But before I do, 
Let me tell you how I can help you from here. Of course, we all know the power of words to uplift or tear somebody down emotionally. But as we explored in this message, words also have a spiritual power that can alter the core of whatever they're directed at. The principle of a blessing is one of the ways to do that, but there are others that are useful for other situations like spiritual warfare or building your own confidence and courage. So I put all of that teaching into a series called Win With Words, How to Make Your Mouth Work For You, Not Against You. Win With Words is a four-part audio series where I explore science and scripture to guide you how to strategically use your words to win, to talk yourself out of anything. It's almost two hours of teaching, and it includes the messages, the mind-to-mouth connection, you are what you speak, curse words, and three words that repel the devil. Get the series today on four mp3s at kylewinkler.org slash winwithwords. That's kylewinkler.org slash winwithwords. Okay, I mentioned a blessing in scripture that's the most famous of them all. It's a blessing that not only appears in scripture, but it's been found on artifacts like a jar inside of a cave near Jerusalem dating back to the 8th century. It's been found on ancient jewelry near the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. It's the oldest surviving biblical text, and it's the only prayer written by God himself. It's called the priestly blessing. It's the blessing that God told Moses to have prayed over the children of Israel every day. This was the blessing that they believe brought his very character, power, and authority into their lives and situations. It's found in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. I'm going to speak it over you. But not as an ask, not as something to hope for. We're not begging God for anything here. I speak this over you as a word of confirmation, as an amen to who you already are and what you already have in Christ. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Okay, that does it for the Shut Up Devil Show. Remember, God is good and he is for you. And we're here for you too. Every week on my website at kylewinkler.org, on our podcast, wherever you get social media. Don't forget wherever you're watching or listening to tap that subscribe or follow button so that you never miss a show. I'll see you next time.